Hello and welcome to Psychological Safety in Teams podcast series with me, your host, Sheila Wherry, in which we hear insights and tips from leaders on how they and the teams they're a part of are creating a psychologically safe and high-performing environment. It is my aim to illuminate ways for you to increase your own levels of psychological safety in teams and how you can set up the conditions for others to do the same. I hope you enjoy the discussions. So hello and welcome. Today I have Curti Jacobs with me, the Head of People and Culture Function at APRA AMCOS, a music rights organisation that helps music creators get paid for their work and gives music users easy ways to legally play and copy the music they need and love. Curti's professional experience spans communications, human resources and organisational change and development across the social impact consulting and corporate sectors. She enjoys working at the intersection of human and organisational systems and feels sustained by a firm belief that humans and how we work together are the best way out of any entrenched and difficult situation if we show up with audacity, humility, accountability, generosity and patience consistently. Wow, what a what a great belief system, Curti. And can I say, Curti Jacobs, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sheila. It's a pleasure to be here. And Curti, as you know, the purpose of this podcast is to hear from leaders on the steps they're taking to cultivate psychological safety in their teams and across their organisations. And so I would love to start the conversation by asking you, what does psychological safety mean to you? And why do you believe it's important? It's it's such a, a good question to kind of focus your thinking, isn't it? For, for me, psychological safety means no judgment, no shame. It, it means a space in which we can share and explore together whatever it is we're facing and trying to work through um, uh, in a way that sustains the connection between us. You, you know, I heard a, a quote from a um, anthropologist recently where he was saying, fish are born expecting water and humans are born expecting culture. And I wanted to add, connection to that because we are we're born expecting that we will connect that someone will look out for us and seek us out um and, and i think that continues throughout our lives and and the only way to make that happen is in that safe space where you're not feeling judged the the risk of being shamed uh which is a terrible thing and shuts down communication that's guarded against someone's looking out for you yeah absolutely Absolutely. So I really hear the uh, the belief system around human connection come through as you think about the concept of psychological safety. And Katie, what are some of the things that you're doing, um, given that, to really make that happen at APRA AMCOS and within your team? So uh, it's hard to speak about that in the current context without separating it, uh, you know, and trying to separate it from COVID because we are in a very different context at the moment to the way we would have operated in the past. For me, the best way to, to engender a sense of psychological safety is through frequent conversation. You know, you, culture is about the quality of your relationships and relationships are all dependent on the quality of your conversations. So frequent quality conversations are the best way to establish psychological safety. They build that sense of familiarity, they build connection, they make it okay for people to 
ask questions and to question answers, which I think is a huge part of psychological safety. It's okay to say, oh, I see it differently, or actually, I don't agree with the answer you've just given me. So the things we're doing at the moment is across my team and across the company, much more frequent conversations. We, we connect daily, uh, sometimes often more than once a day. And it's not just formal connections, it's informal social connections as well. We try and encourage people where it's possible and supported by the, the COVID context to connect in person because well-being is a huge part of that too. It influences the quality of the conversation as well. So, and that's within the team as well as across the organization. We're doing much more frequent um, staff briefings when we went into this current scenario we instated I think you know you would call them town halls and other places we started doing them much more frequently we might have done them once a quarter once every three months we started doing them weekly fortnightly um, and we've kept that rhythm up so people know what to expect they know there'll be a, a point of time when the leadership is going to show up and it's the CEO and the senior team speaking directly to the company everyone shows up, people dial in for that. We enable an open um, asking of questions and we answer them as transparently as we can in real time. So people feel like they have the answers they need. It has a conversational feel to it. Uh, and then as things progress, what we've tried to do is make sure that we keep them human. So, you know, we recognized early that people, some of the things we did when we were in the same space together, like celebrating achievements, um, team milestones, birthdays, anniversaries, they'd fallen by the way because we were all remotely located. So we started finding ways to mark those and, and to let people know we were seeing them as individuals. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of really, we've got many very talented people in the organization, but uh, we've this particular scenario I'm thinking of, we invited a couple of people to pull together a little funny, engaging, heartfelt celebration of birthdays and anniversaries. And they now do a monthly video uh, where they call out each individual and mark uh, their day of birth, the day they arrived, you know, on planet Earth, as well as calling out their, their anniversaries. We call them appraversaries. Um, and people have gotten to love them because they are so they're fun, they're engaging, and, and it, is, it is that sense of, I've been seen, I'm not invisible. We might be yeah. distributed, but I'm still here and the company sees me. People see me, my colleagues see me. We created a shout outs channel on our team's uh, platform to enable people to acknowledge what someone else had done for them in a, in a particular way to support their work or, sh or to do a shout out to a team to thank them for their effort and acknowledge what they'd achieved. Um, and initially, you know, it might just have been a trickle, but now people use it regularly. It's become, uh, it enables you to feel gratitude for the colleagues you have. And gratitude is such a, an amazing um, thing, really, to build connection between people. So they're the kind of things we're doing as an organization. We've um, also, since we've been able to open up, enable space to be available, that's, you know, people can feel safe in because it's been cleaned and all of that sort of stuff. It's got all the protocols in place. So teams can collect um, on site and collaborate in person. They, it, that's been happening. Um, and, and also, for instance, we normally have an employee of the year kind of arrangement where you award maybe three or four people and, and they get a, an, a prize for 
having contributed to the business in a major way. That's something that's just been something we've done regularly. But this year has been such an extraordinary year. And our sense was everyone had shown up in such a huge way. Otherwise, we wouldn't have still been here at the end of the year um, in the way that we are and as connected as we are. And um, the, even though it's been a tight financial year, a very tight financial year for us, our industry's been hit really hard. Um, the decision was made to divide up that prize pool across the business. And so everyone's going to receive uh, a little, it's a small gift voucher, but it's a voucher. It's an acknowledgement of who, that they're important, that their contribution has mattered, that it's been noticed. And, and I think all of those things go towards building a sense of connection and of if people feel that they're valued, that they're seen, that their view matters, their questions matter and will be treated seriously um, and with respect, it builds that safety. It makes it possible for people to point out when you're going wrong. It makes it possible for you to course correct because someone points out that, you know, there's, you might have missed this little thing uh, or this big thing because <laughs> it happens. Um, yeah, there, there's some of the things we're doing build that sense of connection in the business and in teams and one-on-ones we've just instated um we were doing them informally but we've now made them part of how we've replaced our old performance appraisal system which was all about judging and valuing with more frequent informal um and yet structured one-on-one -on -one discussions which enable dedicated space for each person to meet with their line manager or team leader um, and, and have a discussion that's about them, where they're going, what their priorities are, the whole person, how they're feeling about their job, their colleagues, the company. Uh, and, and we've, you know, built, we've trained our management team so they know how to run those in a way that feels safe. And we've offered learning for all staff so they know how to show up in those discussions and what they can use that time and space for. What wonderful um, examples, like practical examples, but the things that are really coming through to me, Katia, is you know, the, the, sort of the foundation of um, transparency, of connection, of human com connection and conversation, but, um, but, but having a cadence around it. You know, it seems like you're putting in some real um, cadence so that those in the organisation know what to expect and can then feel safe within that. So there's certainty within the uncertainty is what I'm hearing um, and a real value on being seen. Yeah, there's there's so much in what you've said there. Certainty and the uncertainty, you know, we can't guarantee what will happen in our landscape or in the business, but we can show up consistently in a way yes. that feels familiar and reliable and trustworthy. Uh, you know, people, someone once asked me, we were talking about trust and I think I'd made the comment that I think they didn't trust me. And the person's response to me, the question they posed to me was, well, are you trustworthy? And I think that is such a good question for each of us to ask, what do I need to do? How do I show up in this meeting so I can demonstrate in this conversation so I can demonstrate that I am trustworthy. How can we as an organization show up so that the other party who's engaging with us knows that we are trustworthy? How do we prove that? And it's that consistency. Absolutely. So some wonderful examples there, Curti. I'm wondering, is there anything that you've noticed that's particularly challenging as you work to embed some of these practices? Mm. I think the challenging thing is the constant conversation can be fatiguing. Uh, for everyone, it can be fatiguing for in, in a business, for management, for staff, and in in 
the current context where people are working remotely or on site and trying to manage that either the hybrid or the constant digital engagement um, is fatiguing. So, you know, making sure we allow space for retreat and for people to refresh, um, for reflection, for the pause is, uh, is really important and thinking about how we build that into that cadence. So it is a cadence and not a constant. Um, I, I think that is, that is a challenge. The other thing is, is with the remote setup, the temptation for people to isolate themselves, Re, you know, retreat can feel comforting and, and safe too. And, um, and the danger in that is it can turn into isolation. And before you know it, you've completely pulled away. Um, so making sure that we're not missing the signs when people start to lose that showing up bit. The, the challenge, I think, for leadership, for management in this context is being able to read those signals um, and also looking after themselves so that they can continue to show up and keep the space safe. There's a big ask of leadership in these conversations. So often leadership has to park or, or not park so much, but constantly manage their own sensing and meaning making and reaction and response in that active conversation. So they're allowing space for the other. Uh, and that means they need to be in a good enough space to be able to hold that. Um, that's a challenge, it, recognizing when they're not in that good enough space and might need to reschedule or actually own it in the middle of a meeting and say, you know, I think we need a time out here because I'm struggling with some of what you're sharing or um, uh, yeah, this is feeling starting to feel like we might need both of us need to take a pause so we can hear each other in the way in a way that would be useful. Um, yeah. I think having some of those things as as skill that rises without you needing to think because um, it takes a bit of learning to do that. That that I think there's some of the challenges I'm noticing is is the um, creating of that space and the managing of well-being yeah yeah and i love the retreat refresh reflect what a what a great uh, little model there to uh, to kind of grab hold of but uh, and, and what i'm hearing there is that not only are, are you're suggesting that leaders not only offer that for others or the organization offer that for their employees but that they leaders bring that to themselves so that they can then offer it to others Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What great examples you've given us, Curtie, and some really sort of practical ways for leaders to think about um, developing and cultivating psychological safety in their teams and to to really round out the discussion and to finish us off today. I wonder if you could give us one or two tips for leaders to think about or, or to take away, mull over and reflect on as they continue to develop psychological safety in their teams. Yeah, I've, I've thought about this for a while. It's um, and here's where I've landed, Sheila, on on that. You, you know, if I think about what has stood me in good stead, there's two practices. One is, and they're both about conversation and action. So when when the conversation is in flow, about maintaining psychological safety in the moment, and the two things are for me: deliberate inclusion is huge. It is being mindful to deliberately include the people you're in conversation with. 
um, whether it's with a team or one-on-one. -on -one. So asking and inviting points of view, uh, inviting difference and asking for it so that you're showing people it's okay to bring that different point of view or the, or the little bubbling question or uncertainty out into the open sea where you can both look at it uh, or both the whole team can look at it and put it in the middle. Uh, and the second thing that has resonated for me is about holding differences lightly and holding what you have in common or anchoring yourself in what you have in common so you can hold the differences lightly um, and explore them. Because if you, the temptation often in a, in a difficult conversation especially is to let go, to forget completely that you're, uh, you might both be there because you care about this problem enough to resolve it and to look at what's possible and to start to focus on the differences and give them more weight um, when really you you end up with a better outcome or you end up in a better place that you might not even be able to imagine at the start if you can stay anchored in your purpose which is about being connected um, and anchored in you know this is what we have in common and then explore the differences lightly uh, and by likely, I mean not becoming vested in them emotionally. I mean... Loosening um, the grip. Loosening the grip so you yeah. can see the sense in what the other side is saying. Because usually yeah. you can. If you, if you look hard enough, there will be something in what they say that is true, that you can identify with and go, okay, that, that is a learning for me. We're not infallible. And, and we have to step into that. We have to carry that doubt into about our own position into yeah. each conversation yeah. uh, to allow or that space. Or suspend our judgment for long enough to listen Beautiful. and hear for difference. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, yes. Wonderful. What great um, areas for, for us all to reflect on and to think about as we move forward and continue in this, uh, in this journey of developing psychological safety. Kirti, thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing your wisdom and your insights. No, thank you. It's been such a great opportunity to reflect on my own practice. So I'm actually very grateful too. Thank you. <laughs>